Welcome to the Media Insider, the podcast which gives you the secrets on how to get into the media. Every episode, I interview a top-tier commissioning editor or producer about exactly what stories and interviews they commission for their pages or programme, and how you can pitch to them. I'm your host, Helen Croydon. I'm an author, a former journalist, and now I do personal PR for business leaders and entrepreneurs. I also run a PR training firm called Nine Media. If you like this podcast, please do tell your colleagues, share on social and rate it. That's how others find it. Welcome to the Media Insider. So this episode, I'm here with Charlie Lindler. He's the commissioning editor of HuffPost UK Personal, which we'll talk about exactly what that is in a few minutes. Uh, Charlie's been with HuffPost for seven years, started as an intern, worked his way up, worked on the news team, and then is works his way up to deputy editor and is now commissioning editor. Welcome, Charlie. Well, thanks for having me. So tell us, let's start right with the basic. Huffington Post had a rebrand recently. Yeah. So just to all the like the sections and the pages, can you just talk us through what they all are? Yeah, so most people will probably uh, remember that HuffPost or Huffington Post as it was, um, had a very large uh, blogging platform, um, both in the US and in the UK and in all the international editions. And that was kind of the, the, the baby of Ariana Huffington, our founder. Um, and then when she left the site uh, in 2017, we brought on a new editor-in-chief, um, Lydia Polgreen, um, and it was one of her big initiatives was to kind of re-envisage uh, kind of what HuffPost could do uh, with sort of opinion uh, and sort of first-person writing. Um, and so through that, uh, we relaunched uh, into uh, HuffPost Opinion and HuffPost Personal. Um, opinion is the kind of day-to-day news analysis, uh, sort of contextualizing uh, what's happening. Uh, and Personal is the more kind of first-person, personal essay, it happened to me type pieces, basically. Yeah. Um, that are more sort of general and more kind of uh, deeper, longer essays, perhaps. And the opinion pieces are always by non-journalists. No, uh, so it, it's a bit of a mix now, basically. Uh, so on opinion, we try to get a mix of sort of experts uh, and sort of journalists and, you know, uh, retain that kind of HuffPost DNA of having normal people who are kind of impacted by their news writing. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go deeper into the personal and the yeah. opinion in a minute, but just to give an overview of the rest of the site as well. So mm. you've got Lifestyle, you've got... Um, what Can you just tell us what the other brief um, sections are? So well? HuffPost, obviously, um, in the UK, we're known quite a lot for our news and politics coverage. Uh, we've got a fantastic politics team, including uh, Paul War, our political editor. And we've got a really sort of thriving, uh, newly relaunched life uh, section, uh, which features kind of like sustainable living uh, and parenting and lots of things around sort of health and relationships and that sort of stuff. Um, and we've got a really fantastic entertainment team uh, who do uh, lots of, you know, the big pillar kind of drama and uh, TV shows and all that kind of stuff and in between. And uh, an increasing kind of video output as well. And you've got the fines section as yes. well, haven't you? Yeah, that's a, that's a new thing um, on our life section, which basically uh, takes the idea of finding kind of, it's the objects that kind of we need every day in our lives, um, and it's helping our readers find the things that um, can live their life best, basically. But not at like the really big, hefty price tags. So it's not like, um, you know, thousand pound handbags and things like that. It is like how to find a good natural deodorant, uh, which is a test we did last week, um, which I tried, which was actually good fun. Um, and things <laughs> like that, where it's, it's, it's like actually usable uh, lifestyle advice. Um, and yeah, just, just helping our readers kind of find the objects that they need in their everyday lives, yeah. um, but in a trustworthy, accessible way. And one of the other sections I've noticed on the life is 
uh, what works for me that looks in the yeah yeah that's that's a regular feature which our lifestyle team do um, which is a really nice little thing where they uh, speak to kind of people of prominence on sort of the ways that they live their lives and kind of balance all their various burdens and stuff um, which I think is again a really nice piece of kind of uh, accessible journalism that they do yeah great mm. okay so let's focus on the pages that you commission yeah. which is the personal mm. and opinion what makes an opinion because this is an increasingly popular tool for PRs or people that want yeah. to get into the media, you know, something they can get their own byline. Mm. I'm sure lots of people pitch to you with their yeah. ideas. Yeah. In a nutshell, what is it that makes a good, strong opinion piece that you would uh, commission? So for HuffPost, um, I think um, what makes a really great opinion piece is obviously it has to come primarily from a, from a position of authority. Uh, whether that's because someone is an expert in their field or because you know it relates to uh, you know a, a personal experience that they've had you know they're, they're a voice that I really just can trust that's the most important thing um, so it has to come from a voice where whether they're a dedicated loyal reader or they've just seen the link on Twitter like it, it comes from someone who they know okay cool I can trust this person and what they're saying uh, and then within that it has to be you know really excessively written uh, not to kind of jargony or rely too much on the idea that readers already know what the writer is talking about a bit and yeah just just add a new kind of perspective that we're not hearing anywhere else I guess and it has to be topical related to a story that's happened yeah, today yeah exactly so our, 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 our new kind of opinion section is kind of quite day-to-day -day analysis um, and helping our readers kind of contextualise the news of the day but um, also the bigger theme stuff as well but, but primarily there's a lot of kind of reactive um, very kind of like daily stuff yeah would you ever commission evergreen stuff so someone came to you and said right I've got a great opinion piece on uh Flexible work, oh, flexible working is topical at the moment, but I say it wasn't, imagine yeah, it yeah. wasn't, right? Would yeah. you commission something on that? Yeah, I'm sure. So so uh, Lucy, uh, Patrick Robinson, who leads on the opinion section, she uh, is really big on that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's just about finding a way to relate it into the agenda in a way. So it has to be some sort of hook or some sort of like, um, you know, whether it's like a certain week or day or month or something like that. I think there's a reason, you know, you have to think, okay, why am I saying this now? I think if you don't have that on opinion, it doesn't quite cut through our, with our readers in the same yeah. way. And how much of a challenge is it to keep their wording with editorial guidelines? Because I know I, I'm an ex-journalist and now mm. I'm, I'm a PR. So I know that there is a challenge with, I receive something that a client has written and I go, ah, oh, that's like a marketing newsletter. But you still have to get their you still want to keep their authentic voice. Is that a challenge for you? Um, that's a good question. So with HuffPost, like the whole time I've been here, um, we've kind of thrived on having writers from sort of all walks of life, basically. Uh, so we understand that a lot of people are going to be working with, maybe not, you know, particularly on, on personal, which we'll get to, like there's a lot of first-time writers, a lot of different people writing who maybe aren't so used to it. So one of the things we do value really highly is ensuring that people feel like the pieces that they're able to write for us are theirs. Uh, so, so yeah, we, we, we don't kind of like strip out everything so that it sounds like what HuffPost would say. Do you know what I mean? We want to make sure that each piece sounds like it's coming from a real person, you know. Uh, so it's a kind of balance between knowing what our readers like and the style and tone of writing that we shoot for, but also making sure that whoever's writing the piece, it feels like it's representative of them too. And in terms of people approaching you for mm -hmm. those opinion pieces, who, yeah. is it uh, a mix of... PRs, freelance journalists, and individuals themselves. Yeah, it's a complete mix. Uh, there's obviously a lot of outreach that happens, so we, we try and like find people. Uh, whether that's because we we worked them before, or because we know oh, we want to get okay. like a certain archetype of person to write a response to a certain story, maybe um, it, it might be what they do. But um, but yeah, it, it's a real mix. There's a lot of freelancers and, and a lot of like. Uh, 
sort of you know uh, academics uh, or you know if it's a Brexit thing like trade experts, the kind of thing where it's like a trusted voice as well, basically. So it's a mix of the kind of trusted voices, journalist kind of punditry and analysis, um, and then yeah, those those kind of real voice pieces. Yeah. So if you were to advise someone who is pitching an opinion piece mm. to you, what would you say is the best and the worst thing <laughs> that that you see when people are approaching yeah, you? Um, I think the best thing is to kind of illustrate that you've already read what we've got. Um, there's a, a, a lot of times where it's like pitching something which, I don't know, I, I don't want to sound too ungrateful, but maybe we've already definitely got something on that. And we actually already put it out this morning. And it feels a bit like you could do with doing a cursory check on making sure you're, you're pitching something which you haven't already covered totally. And, and yeah, the, the, the kind of the, the flip side of that is the, sort of the worst thing, if you will, is, is almost weirdly the same thing, but it, it's like, very often we get to pitch things where it's like, say I'm personal, like I would have had a piece that is uh, someone talking about how uh, their chronic illness kind of affects uh, their dating life. And then we might get someone pitching saying, oh, I've got this great piece by this person who wants to write about how their chronic illness is affecting their dating life. It's like, well, cool, like that story does matter, but like we just told it. So that might be something that we might want to rework or come with down the line. But I, I think it's a bit, you have to understand that we're not going to do the same thing over again, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, like the stories still matter, and we want to make sure that we can work with people where they've got interesting stories of, of all types. But you know, you have to understand that we're going to want to do something different, possibly. But tell me a little bit about the commissioning process. Because sure. I've, I've worked in newspapers where you have that, you know, you know the 10 a.m. conference and you've got to get all your ideas yeah. in before 10. But I've never worked on a digital publication. Yeah. So how does it work in terms of timings and when do you decide the stories and when's the best time to pitch? Yeah, uh, well, I think that's interesting because it's, it's, it's basically always in flux. There is always... A, it's, it's always a good time to send something over, basically. Um, so what I look after uh, is... is you know, I, I just take pictures in throughout the day, throughout the week, because a lot of the pieces that I run on personal are very kind of uh, sort of evergreen or not like tied to the news agenda. But I would say with opinion pieces, it's good to get in there like as early as you can because like, um, you know, our team starts at like sort of half seven, eight o'clock. Uh, and then by the kind of nine o'clock kind of news conference, a lot of, you know, what we're going to focus on today is probably decided. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's, it's about kind of getting in there early. And I do understand that is, that is early, early. I think the sooner you, uh, it feels very basic to say, but the sooner that you, as you can, that's like the better, basically. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I always thought, because newspapers are like that little bit later. So, yeah. And I thought you might, in a digital, you might be commissioning throughout the day, but it is all pretty much decided at nine. Is yeah, it? well, I mean, and obviously something happens at 11, which changes everything, um, you know, uh, which is, you know, what happened yesterday but um in my experience it's it's just as close as you can to the event that's happening sending something over two or three days after it happens and actually there's already been two or three new developments like that just isn't going to work for us really because you know our readers are very quick and very on top of it and you, you can send over more bigger reflective what does it all mean type pieces but they have to account for the fact that it's a bit later do you know what I mean yes mm -hmm. and in that meeting that planning meeting is that across the whole of HuffPost, so it will be news editors, entertainment editors, sports stuff. It, it, yeah, without, without getting too into the minutiae of it, uh, we, we do have a meeting at half past nine, which kind of like, uh, which is everyone kind of goes through what they're going to focus on for the day. And there's some sort of idea sharing and making sure no one's treading on anyone's toes and that kind of the whole kind of, um, the whole sort of puzzle kind of fits together. Uh, and that, that's kind of led by uh, Jess Brammer, who's our executive editor, uh, who leads that uh, with all the other kind of section editors. Uh, so that's kind of our news and politics and lifestyle entertainment. Uh, opinion, uh, me and video uh, and our, our our audience team who kind of like make sure that um, you know they kind of orchestrate the whole thing, make sure yeah. the, whole, the whole thing yeah. is, is working all in tune. Um, that's kind of when we kind of dictate kind of what we're up to for the day. 
So, say if someone does send you a pitch in the afternoon, which yeah. uh, I do all the time because I'm not a morning person. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm in the wrong job, yeah. actually. But, yeah. <laughs> so, but it is something that, you know, isn't necessarily related to today's story, but it's sort of related yeah. to that week's. Is that something that you still might then use or carry forward to the yeah, next Yeah, gotcha, day? absolutely, yeah. I mean, my, my philosophy has always been that I want to try and work with anything that's sent over if it's going to work for us. Um, so I won't discount something because it's actually a slightly inconvenient time and I'm already working on something else. It, it's more that the, the preference is to send something over like as soon as you're able to before we've actually snapped up someone else to do it. Does the personal section, so, because um, that's, you said that's a little bit less time sensitive, so yeah. with the personal section, mm. is that a little different? Yeah, so personal uh, is our new kind of uh, first person essay space, basically. Uh, it's It kind of focuses on, so a lot of wide range of topics, so kind of health and mental health and uh, identity, uh, whether that's kind of gender or race or, 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 or sort of LGBT issues or things like that. Um, relationships with, you know, everyone and with yourself. Um, yeah, it's kind of more general, like, essays about how we live, basically. And those are naturally less tied to the news agenda. They're a bit more kind of, like, uh, separate to that. Like, we want to we offer something that's a bit away from the news agenda slightly. Um, so there's, there's, there's less... Uh, sort of rigid guidelines for when you should send over ideas for that kind of thing. Now, um, I have, for example, I've got about the next two weeks worth of pieces roughly lined up in my head. So these things work over a longer period and they'll, they'll, you know, they're slightly longer pieces than opinion things and we might need them more closely editing or, you know, it might be the, actually the idea you send over actually halfway within that is a piece of actually which we really want to write. And yeah, so that's a much more kind of fluid, um, longer term process. And do you have planning meetings for that, or is it just... Uh, yeah, a bit. I, I kind of, because I, I essentially sort of run it by myself. Uh, I, there's, it's one constant long planning meeting in my head. Um, but I do also work really closely with our live team uh, and with our audience team, um, and obviously with the news team too, to kind of make sure that we're getting pieces which kind of reflect our values uh, and kind of talk about the big issues that we care about, but in a different sort of people first you know very voice-led way yeah that's a lovely way of telling a story that's very much part of the HuffPost yeah. ethos isn't it yeah it is I mean it's, it's always been in our DNA uh, to basically kind of uh, we, we kind of think about our journals as being people first you know we do cover all the stuff that happens in Westminster and you know the big politics and the news of the day but we try and filter all of that through the lens of you know, putting people first and what does this mean for real people and on personal that kind of manifests itself as giving people uh, a platform and an opportunity to talk about what matters most to them, what their life experience, and kind of sort of thrusting that onto a bigger platform. And I see that there's kind of two purposes to it. One is to kind of open up these new experiences to our readers and, and you know show them new interesting voices with new different experiences they had never sort of thought about in their lives, but also to kind of offer some comfort for people who maybe have gone through those kind of things. You know, so we focus a lot on mental health. Uh, I had a really great piece a couple of weeks ago that was it was someone talking about how their OCD uh, impacts on their on their dating life and, and how they form relationships with people, and people might know a lot about sort of what OCD sort of is, but actually how it manifests itself in different parts of your life, maybe they don't. Um, so that's a good way we like to try to explore things. Uh, another really good recent example was for the um, anniversary of 9-11. I worked on this really great piece with this uh, Muslim mother who wrote about the burden of having to explain 9-11 uh, and Islamophobia and like a terrorism effectively to her like young son uh, and kind of wow. what that's like and that's the thing where it's like you know people our age uh, we take it as a given we know what this is but it's, it's still very weird for me to think about it was you know I, I was I was in year seven I was 12 uh, when 9-11 happened it's been 19 years since then and it, it's, it's basically that was a means of talking about you know that issue of parenting of how do you explain tough stuff to your kids but also that extra layer of you know how do you do that if if you're an ethnic minority, if you're, if you're a Muslim, where that comes with having to introduce 
harmful concepts to your kids, you know. How did that story come about? Was that someone that pitched to you or did you... Yeah, so uh, it was written by a fantastic woman called Huda and she she got in touch um, about with quite a broad idea of what she wants to talk about, about being like a Muslim mother and, and her view of like how uh, difficult that is. Um, uh, that was kind of a part within her story that she talked about. Uh, it started with this quite darkly humorous uh, anecdote of, of her of her son. He he they'd recently visited Dubai and he was really taken by the Burj Khalifa and he drew this picture of the Burj Khalifa and to demonstrate how tall it was, he drew like a plane like right near the top of it. The way she tells it is, is, is amazing. I really advise people to go and read read the read the piece. And without giving too much away, she kind of explains like she had to tell the kids she he couldn't take it to school. And he was like, well why? And she had to basically explain the whole kind of story of September eleventh and the World Trade Center. And that was all came out of uh, this one line in her email to me, which was uh, about her broad experience of being a Muslim mother, but we kind of focused on that one line to try and, uh, yeah, find a really unique angle and sort of try and tell that story in a way that maybe our readers hadn't heard well, before. Yeah, and if you're, you know, you're, you're getting all these personal stories from mm. people, um, yeah. so Huffington, can I... I just wonder about the business model. So Huffington Post doesn't pay writers, is that right? Oh, no, right? we do now. That's the, do, that's, that's, is that's that the part of the thing. new brand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should have mentioned that earlier. But I, I think the, the blogging platform was, was misconstrued uh, in a lot of ways uh, in, in that sense. Um, I worked on it for six years and at no point did I you know, try and make journalists write for free or coerce anyone ever into writing for us. Like, it was about kind of using that as a means to uh, offer a platform to people who, who wouldn't have their voice heard anywhere else very often uh, or whose experiences maybe we weren't hearing about anyway. But um, what we wanted to do with Opinion and Personal was uh, take opportunities to work closer with people um, and sort of compensate them for, for doing that and working more closely in the editing process and being able to a little bit more dictate what might work best for our readers you know whereas before we were like a platform where we help people tell their stories now we kind of guide them and kind of get involved a bit more directly i think mm. so there's a lot of prs that listen to this podcast mm. so how could they use you know your format to actually get some of their clients stories in given your focus i think it just depends on like if they've got like a legitimate story to tell, I think, basically. And if you believe that they do, then that can still work for us. I mean, ultimately, your job as a PR is to be a, a middleman between the person you're representing and the media. And if that person is is good and interesting and has something to say, that doesn't change that. Um, I mean, on personal, primarily, I'm dealing with a lot of uh, writers and sort of like newer writers and people who won't be represented by anyone. But I have worked on pieces where uh, someone, you know, whether it's an entire new person or someone that I previously worked with on the blogging platform, where they're like, hey, I've got this person, they're doing this and they want to talk about it, then yeah, sure, I can work on a piece with them and maybe there's something that they can say. I think it's just about making sure that, you know, this person has a story to tell where it matters to HuffPost readers and you know why it does in the first place. Um, like, it's, it's not much use kind of pitching, you know, saying, oh, I've got a piece from this, like, big-time property entrepreneur who wants to write about, like, his escalation to being a property billionaire because our readers don't care about that. Yeah. Just yeah, mean, yeah, like, the for the majority of the time, our readers are people who are struggling with the housing crisis and, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing where it's yeah. like, you know, they've got to, you've got to read the room a bit and, and as long as your client kind of has something to say which works for HuffPost reader, there's, there's a good chance we can work on something. I'm thinking a natural fit is... Um, PRs at book publishers. Do you yeah, work on yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I got, I had a lot um, previously on blogging, but now too, a lot of good relationships with kind of uh, publishing houses and stuff like that, where 
they're someone who inherently has a story to tell because maybe you know the book they've written is some kind of biographical format or something. Um, but also you know that they can kind of write too, uh, which I think is a big help. Uh, a lot of the time when you're when you're dealing with kind of PR stuff, it's a bit you're unsure how much of it is their own ability versus how much they've worked with a PR on it. And yeah, so I, I think I think book publishing is and, and people with books and people with stories or people with a story at the heart of what they're doing. Those are the those are the kind of the, the prime yeah. candidates to kind of work with. I think and. Uh, I always ask this in the podcast because I love this bit. What are your niggles about people that pitch to you, whether it's a journalist or a PR or just a member of the public? Um, with PR stuff, I think, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm sort of hesitant to say it because it sounds really, really basic, but the amount of things I get where it's just like you, you clearly haven't personalised this at all. Uh, that sounds like a big ego thing, but it's, it's you know, the amount of times we get things where it's like, you know, this would really work for your fishing industry pages. And it's like, OK, well, it wouldn't because we don't. <laughs> like, it's that kind of stuff. It's, it's, that, it's the really basic things. I think as long as you can show a really kind of basic appreciation for, you know, this is why we want to do this with HuffPost. Like, I, I think that's kind of the main thing in terms of a niggle. Um, when you definitely feel like you're definitely this person's third or fourth or fifth choice, that makes you less keen to make you know, responding to them, your first choice. And is there a particular time of day when it's worse um, or better? So uh, with personal, it's, it's kind of throughout the day, really. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm less news-bound, uh, and it's more kind of news-adjacent. Uh, you know, there'll be pieces that do kind of tie into bigger news themes. But there's, I'm basically always up for hearing from, from people with interesting stories. It's really good if, if there's a particular reason why you want to push that person, say, if they're relevant for a certain upcoming, you know, day or week or they're working on some big, exciting new project. Um, it's really good to have, you know, at least a few weeks kind of lead time so that we can figure out what we want to say, whether it's going to work, that we can turn it around in time. But no, in terms of, in, I'm generally pretty easy. One other question I want to ask about Huffington Post generally, what's mm. happened to all the, co so, you know, all the bloggers that used to be, I used to be a Huffington Post blogger, yeah. I've still got a log in somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's happened to all that content? So that's remained where it is. Uh, so that we, 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 you know, we're really proud of the blogging platform uh, and the, the voices that we had, thousands of people that I worked with in that time, all those pieces really matter to us. Um, so they're not going anywhere. But uh, though, though that side of the platform has, has kind of been disabled effectively, so, so people aren't able to submit any more, any more pieces to that uh, as we pivoted to the uh, opinion and personal pages. For the most part, you know, the bloggers that we worked with, they're cool, interesting people with uh, talent and ability, uh, and they're keen to tell their stories. Um, so I'd really encourage anyone who, you know, previously blogged or wants to blog or, uh, you know, didn't get, quite get around to it, like, do get in touch um, with us on, on the personal and opinion side of things because, you know, we're always looking to hear from people, basically. Can you think of a something that was pitched to you recently that worked very well? Yeah, um, I've got a piece which uh, isn't actually out yet but is uh, coming out very soon, um, which uh, was pitched to me uh, through a PR. Um, at HuffPost, we have a, a big kind of sustainability and sort of green living focus, whether that's on like a macro level of uh, the big issues around climate change and how we fix those on a, on a you know, political scale. Uh, and then also on a micro level of like, what are the smaller changes you can make in your life uh, to be more green? And one of the pieces that was uh, pitched to me was uh, from a woman called Rachel, who uh, after kind of realizing her own climate footprint, she decided to kind of like make up for it by um, starting a kind of zero waste uh, shop. And that was pitched to me as this idea of, hey, we've got someone who's, who's got a zero-waste shop, what could they do? So I've asked her to write a piece which kind of charts her journey and her realisation and, um, you know, why she's motivated to start this thing. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's going to be a really good piece. But 
above all the good thing about it is it doesn't just like push like hey buy my stuff like it's it's more about the bigger issues uh, and then kind of within that is is the kind of push for readers to sort of consider options like that. Yeah, it's always yeah. about the bigger issues in a, in a yes, story. Yes, that's though, exactly it? it. Like it has to speak to a bigger thing. Like um, it, the 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 be all end all your piece can't be like hey buy my stuff. That just doesn't really yeah. work for us. Yeah, and it's the same in um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But having written books, I, I always had to. It's not just about my personal story it's how it relates to yes it, to yeah exactly yeah. 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 it has to mean something to our readers yeah. yeah Charlie Linda thanks so much for, for sharing cool. all that and thank I you hope um, you get some good pitches yeah, uh, as a result of this yeah thank you thanks for listening to the Media Insider the podcast helping PRs journalists and anyone who wants to raise their media profile please do share this podcast or rate it on your podcast app that's how others find it If you're in PR and you need some skills training or you're a professional and you want to raise your own profile, then do drop me a line either on Twitter or through HelenCroydon.com.